Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the T-Bone Speaks podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you a podcast interview that I did with The Thriving Dentist Show with Gary Takix. Uh, this was a podcast that I did uh, in January of 2016, so about six months ago. Uh, but I feel that it is a evergreen podcast. And by evergreen, I mean uh, it is a podcast that will stand the test of time. So... All of us share the same challenge, and that challenge is is that we need to grow our practice. And too often, we feel or we're led to believe that the only real way to grow our practice is to solely focus on new patients and doing more of the same on newer patients. And quite honestly, new patients aren't a bad way of doing things or a bad way of growing your practice. But if you can't maximize what you already have, how are you going to really maximize the new patients? So in this podcast interview with Gary, we talk about several strategies for growing your practice without having to add new patients to your practice. In other words, what we talk about is how can you build your practice from within? How can you get more out of your existing patients? What services are you not providing? And what is the potential within your practice? I think this is one of the most important episodes. Uh, There are a lot of uh, unbelievable points in here. And Gary and I have a wonderful interview. Uh, We talk back and forth and we share openly uh, some different strategies that we're using to grow our practice. And I hope you enjoy it. Um, And uh, I'm going to play the interview directly from Gary's uh, uh, podcast. So you'll hear him and his introduction and everything. If you're interested in learning more or how you can get more information or how you can start learning these uh, things that we're talking about, please don't hesitate to take a look at our hands-on workshops that we offer here in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you visit 
tboneSpeaks.com, uh, you'll see a link at the top of the screen to the workshops that we offer. And you'll see many of the things that we're talking about in this podcast. We have workshops for that. Now, not ready for a hands-on workshop, not financially ready for the hands-on workshop. Peruse our website, tbonespeaks.com, and you'll find blog posts and other podcasts and videos. We have so much information there for you. But if you're ready to really sit down and get serious about really growing your practice by adding new services, then our hands-on programs are a great choice for you. I want to thank you for listening, and I'm going to turn it over uh, to Gary and let us uh, listen to our interview with him. Thank you very much. This is The Thriving Dentist Show with Gary Takas, where we help you develop your ideal dental practice, one that provides personal, professional, and financial satisfaction. Welcome to another edition of The Thriving Dentist Show. I'm Gary Takas, your show host. A very excited to have a returning guest uh, on the show today. We're about we're separated by about three thousand miles uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, Tarun, Doctor Tarun uh, Agarwal, hey Tarun, how are you? Hey Gary, good to be uh, good to be back on. Excited to have you on the show. Uh, you know, if if you're a, a new listener to the Thriving Dentist Show, uh, in the show notes, I'm going to point you back to uh, the original interview that we did uh, almost a year ago. It was titled, Dentistry Can Be Anything You Want It to Be. Uh, and uh, Trun offered some incredible uh, advice uh, on that show uh, for dentists at any stage of their career uh, to really embrace our profession and uh, to really develop a practice where, uh, you know, it can be fulfilling uh, personally, professionally, and financially. So uh, I'll put, Trun, I'm going to put that in the show notes so that if we have new listeners that haven't had a chance to hear that, uh, they can, they can uh, uh, listen to that show as further insp- insp- uh, inspiration. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. That'd be wonderful. But hey, what we're going to talk about today, uh, tonight, uh, is uh, all about practice growth in 2016. How timely is that topic, Tarun? You know, it, it's perfect. You know, I, I would almost say it, it's a, almost a perfect time. I think uh, uh, in an ideal world, I think you have to start thinking about the next year, about halfway through the year, the current year. But uh, uh, it's never too late is what I always say. Well, as, as we're recording this, uh, we're less than a week away uh, from the turn of the calendar to 2016. So you may be listening to this later. Uh, but as we're recording this, we're about a week away. And, and Trun, I don't know about you, but uh, I have a tradition that I follow every year. In the week between Christmas and New Year's, I always take some time and do two things. I reflect back on the previous year. I kind of play the highlight reel in my mind of what did I do in the previous year, and I try to be analytical and critique it. What worked? What didn't work? What could I have done better? What do I want to do more of? (laughs) And kind of critique the previous year. Is that an exercise you do? Yeah, I think I do that every night. That's why why I only (laughs) sleep about four hours a night. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Well, as part of that exercise, uh, once I've had a chance to kind of debrief in my mind the previous year, I also take some time to think about what I want to accomplish in the next year. And I'm sure that's an exercise that you do, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. Uh, but you recently wrote an incredible blog post. In fact, I want to point our listeners uh, to uh, to your blog, the 3D blog. Uh, tell us a little bit about 
that, uh, uh, about, about your blog. It, it's awesome. Well, thank you, Gary. You know, um, you know, my goal has always been to to work with people and help people. And uh, what I found as I started having children and started getting a little bit busier in, in that part of my life is that I wasn't able to reach as many people through speaking. Uh, so I try to do it uh, through writing. And I think uh, the next step for us will be uh, through audio, through our podcast that we'll be launching next year. Uh, but it, it's a good opportunity to share, uh, you know, what, you know, <laughs> The funny thing about blogging is you can have a great day and you'll share great things and you'll have a not so good day at the office and you'll share uh, how things haven't gone so well. And and what I found is uh, people really appreciate hearing how things aren't always perfect in everybody else's practice, that it's not just them that have bad days or not so great days. One of the things I love about your perspective, Tarun, is um, your candor and uh, your brutal honesty uh, you share your mistakes. <laughs> you, you, you share, there's a, there's a lot of them to share. <laughs> well, you share your mistakes, you share where you stubbed your toe and, uh, you also are, are, are happy to share the things that you've done that have worked well. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, your kids are, uh, 10, eight and six. Do I have the ages yeah. about right? They are exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, I can understand why, uh, you're, you're not as interested in, in jumping on airplanes and, and being away from that wonderful family of yours. Well, you know, I've got to learn to say no a little bit better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wrote, um, a blog post about practice growth in 2016. And, uh, you know, I want to uh, direct our, our listeners, uh, to your blog and you've made it very easy for them to subscribe. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, let, let's put that in, in, in our interview right now. And uh, if they're listening to sure. this, they can, uh, they can jump on and subscribe because I've got to tell you guys, uh, you will get more information from Tarun's blog than you can possibly imagine. And, uh, I want every one of you, I want you, I want to blow up your servers, uh, <laughs> Tarun, uh, can that, you, that, can... that'll be good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and here's the beauty of it. It's, it's all free and it's all thoughts and you can always unsubscribe at any time if you get tired of uh, what I'm saying, but it really to subscribe to our newsletter and all the different things that we're doing, uh, all you got to do is take out your cell phone and text uh, to the number 44222. Just text the word thriving, T-H-R-I-V-I-N-G uh, to 44222 and you'll be uh, subscribed to my uh, newsletter and you'll be able to keep up to date to all the different things that we're doing. Awesome. I'm going to put that in the show notes in case, uh, in case our listeners are driving, uh, so they can have access to that. But again, if you'll just text, uh, to the number four, four, two, 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 text the word thriving T H R I V I N G, uh, you will be subscribed to, uh, Tarun's, uh, newsletter, which is, which is fabulous. So, uh, in this, in this blog post, uh, you provided some very thought provoking, um, uh, concepts, some ideas. In fact, uh, I read your blog today and literally I, I got about halfway through it and I started texting you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't even finish the end of the, the blog and I'm texting you and I said, Trent, we've got to get you on the show to talk about this because in some ways it's very contrarian. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, 
guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. You know, I think um, what what you hear and what I hear as we speak all the time is uh, is people tell you that the number one issue is that they need more patients. And, and I would say if you're a mature practice or a relatively mature practice, I think that's absolutely dead wrong uh, for most of, the, most of our listeners. Now, some of us have it right, okay? Uh, but for most of us, me included, uh, I, I figured out about four years ago, that uh, most of us are practicing in saturated markets. I, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, my zip code has one dentist for everybody, about a thousand people. So it's it's such a saturated market. And right. at the end of the day, I could only fight for so many patients. And when I first started taking insurance ten years ago, I was one of the few dentists taking uh, participating in taking insurance. So that certainly drove new patients to the practice. But now, you know, literally almost 80% of dentists are taking or participating in some form of insurance. So, you know, our, our patient pool from that perspective has shrunk. And, you know, what I've looked for is uh, how, how do we continue to grow without having to spend money? And that's the other negative on, on trying, to, trying to drive new patients to your practice is that it costs a lot of money to acquire these patients. And oftentimes, by the time you pay for acquiring these patients and actually doing the treatment on them, you really are breaking even. And that's why even when some patients, uh, some practices grow through new patient acquisition, they're not putting anything to the bottom line and they're just creating this beast that they have to work even harder to feed. Right. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, an, it's this vicious cycle that I, I want to make it my goal is to help people get off that vicious cycle. Right. You know, uh, in, in my own experience, I'll talk from my experience for just a minute. Um, uh, we're about to complete 2015 and uh, we grew 24% this year, uh, 24%. Uh, and, and that was on the heels of a record year in 2015. Uh, so we had, we had a, or 2014, we had a record year in 2014. We grew 24% uh, in, in 2015. And interestingly enough, um, when I look at how we grew, um, we grew in some of the ways we're going to talk about in tonight's show. <laughs> we regrew using the, the, the advice that you gave. Uh, but let's talk about growth for just a minute. Um, if we look, if we break it down kind of fundamentally, uh, Tarun, um, there's really only a handful of ways to grow. Let's, can, can we, do you mind if I talk about those? And, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I mean, one way to grow, uh, and I want you to troubleshoot this and, and provide your perspective in here. Well, one way a practice can grow is they can raise their fees. Right, but I would Or can they? Very, that, well, <laughs> 
I would tell you, Gary, that sounds great. And, you know, I, I, every time I, I, uh, I sit down with somebody or, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm complaining about this or that, they say, well, just raise your fees. And I go, well, when 80% of my patients have some form of network plan, uh, raising my fees does no good. I mean, it's, it's this right. theoretical, I call it the medical model almost, where like my wife's medical practice, I mean, she produces astronomical numbers, uh, but those, num- those numbers just aren't realistic in terms of what you're going to collect. Right. Right. And, and I think for our listeners, um, for the majority of our listeners, the, the strategy of raising your fees is just not viable by itself um, as, a, as a growth strategy because of the, for the same reason that it's not viable in your practice. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what we found is, is we uh, raise our fees and it only affects 10% of our patients. Right. So now we can go to the other end of the spectrum and um, we can increase revenue by increasing production. Okay. So produce more. Okay. There you go. <laughs> well, ready that, to get. That, that, that is the, uh, you know, I, it's, I want to back up for a second. Uh, you know, I used to always complain to my dad. I said, dad, I want to make more money. He goes, well, you know, ultimately there's two ways to make more money. One is you can uh, increase revenue or two, you can decrease overhead. And he said, decreasing overhead is a lesson in futility. It, it is unbelievably difficult to decrease your overhead appreciably. So you should always mm-hmm. focus on increasing revenue. Now, <clears throat> you I, just mentioned uh, increased production. And I would say, yes, you, you need to increase production. But my thing is, is I want to increase production by seeing less patients. Uh, say, I love that. I love, I, I've, I've often taught my clients, uh, Tarun, it's, it's a very contrarian uh, principle, but I've often t- taught my clients that s- sometimes to go faster, you actually have to slow down. Does that make yeah. any sense? No, you do. And, and it's, it's unbelievably amazing that I think what happens is uh, what I've seen, what I, well, listen, all this stuff comes from, from me, from my own personal experience. You know, we were, we, we were doing unbelievably well. Uh, we hit our recession. And what I realized through that was we were doing unbelievable well because I was working my ass off, excuse my language. <laughs> but, um, and what happened through that was that all the things that got me there, like I was making the same amount of money by producing more is because what I was producing took so much more time. Instead of mm-hmm. all the things that got me to get patients to accept quadrant care or larger cases or whatever it may be, went out the window as I got busier doing smaller stuff because I was just literally busy. I was too busy to do a good hygiene check. I was too busy to do a good new patient exam. I was too busy. I was just too tired sometimes. I just say no right. to, to people because I was too tired. Right, right. And so th- therein lies the futility of a practice growth model that is a, a, a one-trick pony of just producing more. Yeah, you can only do so many fillings. And, and even I, I would – and this is where I get – head. I mean, everybody agrees with me that fillings – to a certain degree, uh, our you know our time sucks and and production you know hurt production, uh, but people are really shocked when I say I, I want dentists to stop doing single crowns and uh, because I think the crown is a rate limiting procedure now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, in fact, you made a statement in your um, uh, in your blog post that um, really resonated with me, and, and that's that you said. Um, and I'll read it. I have it in front of me. It says the problem is that most dentists are not general dentists at all, but they're just restorative dentists. Talk about that for just a minute. Talk about your uh, concept there in that statement. Yeah. You know, um, it's, uh, (laughs) 
I love it when I, I always tell people that uh, we don't need change, we need disruption. <laughs> and I think the first step to disruption is, is, is uh, hearing bad news or hearing news that we don't want to hear. And, and I, I challenge each of our listeners to, um, to do a couple of things. Take a look at the true actual production and collections. And then I want you to tell me how much of your personal production and collection was from restorative procedures, fillings and crowns. And if that number isn't, 80%, I'll be shocked. I, you know, I, I actually have data on this, uh, and it's, it's a data through, through our clients and that number rings true. That 80% yeah. number rings true. Um, and this would be an interesting slice, an interesting cross section, you know, of the dental universe where you would think, well, wait a minute, these are doctors that are a little more sophisticated, have gone out and taken a lot of courses. They've done a lot more advanced things. They've been exposed to some of the institutes and so on. And, and yet even in practices like that, about 80% of, of the, uh, treatment mix is classic restorative services. It is. And, and what, you know, and, and. You know what happens is when you once you get on that that avenue, everything's a crown or a filling. And 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 I'm not ever saying I, I want to back up for one other second. Um, I don't want anybody misconstrue anything that I'm saying. I'm not saying do crowns when fillings are appropriate. Absolutely. I'm certainly not saying that. Okay, I I'm probably uh, I would probably say I'm on the level of doing more fillings than crowns uh, when crowns are appropriate. Uh, but you know I, I think they're so dictated by insurance and they so don't give us enough hourly production. So our solution to that, uh, and this is the catch 22 we're in is become more efficient, which means see more patients. So I can do more fillings and crowns per hour. Uh, and, and again, feed the beast and create this, this vicious cycle. And I, I'm just telling you that crowns at some point, we should all strive to make crowns a procedure that we don't do anymore. Right. You know, um, Turin, you, you speak from a, a very um, credible platform, um, and, and that is your own experience in your practice. Um, and, you know, I, I want to emphasize, uh, I love your ethical approach in your practice. You're not going to do anything for your patient that you wouldn't want done on you yourself as a patient. And Absolutely. That's our motto. I love that ethical foundation because I, I believe that's a, a, a concept that resonates with all of our listeners. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to emphasize that point. Um, but you really got me thinking about this and you, and you got me really thinking about how any of our listeners can increase revenue without seeing more patients. In fact, perhaps even seeing fewer patients, which sounds very contrarian. Uh, and, and yet produce a higher quality of life, not only a, a, a stronger performing practice financially, but provide a higher quality of life in, in your practice and a more sustainable model that you can sustain into the future. Um, well, I think, I think the other thing that people have to start, I, you know, I, I always want people to think big picture um, is I want us to move from having practices to having businesses. And I know that's been a bad word in dentistry and, uh, I just, we run a business at the end of the day, we're healthcare providers, we run a business and I really want us to run a business and there are benefits of running a business. And it, and to me, it has very little to do with more money in my pocket, but it has more to do with the life, the practice lifestyle that I want to lead. Mm -hmm. And what, by me being able to move towards, uh, the things that we'll talk about here, 
has allowed me not to say no to those patients. One of the things I hear from people is, well, if you say, if you don't want us to do fillings, then who's going to do the fillings? And I go, well, that's, that's why you create a business. That's why you bring another associate partner dentist in and, and allow them to do the fillings, allow them to do the crowns, allow them to graduate to the next level of doing some of the things that even then, I mean, I'm, I'm at a stage where I want to say, uh, I don't want to do single implants anymore because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something mm, else. So when I point. say yes to that filling, that means I'm saying no to a, uh, an implant. When I say yes to an implant now, it means I'm saying no to a larger implant case. Or I'm saying no to time to sit down and work on a blog post for my, my practice to drive traffic to our practice or to, to, do, to use, utilize some type of email newsletter to our patients to be able to, to work our recall list or to work our unscheduled treatment list to help uh, create that personal connection with our patients. And sometimes that 30 minutes that I could do for a $100 filling is way better spent being a business person and our marketing person within my practice to generate long-term revenue. Right. You know, you're going you're gonna to share four specific strategies and tips uh, for our listeners. But before we do that, I want to follow a principle from one of my mentors. Uh, you'll remember Stephen Covey yes. and, and the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And if you remember habit number two, it was begin with the end in mind. Uh, following that principle, begin with the end in mind. Uh, I want to share with our listeners uh, six benefits you've achieved by adopting these four uh, strategies and tips that you're about to share. So here's the spoils. Here, here's the rewards <laughs> of what you're going to get. I'm going to number these. Can you keep me honest to make sure I remember all six of them? Perfect. I'll keep you honest. Okay. So number one, by doing the things you're about to share with our listeners, you've been able to spend more time uh, involved in charity, uh, in, in helping patients less fortunate uh, in your community receive dental care. Number one. Uh, number two, you've had more time off to spend with your family. Hey, that's kind of cool, isn't it? We talked about that earlier, but uh, with your kids uh, age 10, 8, and 6, you've had more time to spend with your with your kids. Uh, yeah. Number three, uh, you've empowered your team to grow and earn more. Uh, by the way, I, I don't think I've ever met a team member in dentistry that wouldn't appreciate making more money. Have you met that person yet? No, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to be surrounded by successful people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one -on -one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap.
Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. I agree. I agree. It's it's the old, uh, you know, the old uh, saying about the, the rising tide, you know, raises all boats. Yep. And uh, you want to raise their boats as well. Uh, so number three, it does empower your team to grow and earn more. Uh, number four, it's really allowed you to uh, love dentistry again. I mean, on that treadmill where you're just pedaling, 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 um, there's a burnout track and it's all too predictable, isn't it? It is. And, and oftentimes we don't think there's a way off of it. And, and what we do is we get ourselves in this bubble where we hang out with other people just like that. And you just think that's just the way it is. Yeah. Number five, it's allowed you to grow your business and, and really think of your practice as a business, uh, which I think is a, a breakthrough, you know, for many of us. Uh, it's not just a, um, you know, a, a matter of, of trading time for dollars, but really treating it, you know, as a business. We're going we're gonna to talk more about that. And, and number six, it's brought you a higher level of professional satisfaction. You, you've really started to enjoy things a lot more. So there's the six benefits. Um, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just enumerate them again. Number one, uh, allows you more time to do charity in your community. Uh, number two, more time to spend with your family. Uh, number three, empowered uh, your team to grow and earn more. Number four, uh, increase your love of dentistry again. Uh, number five, allowed you to grow your business. And number six, uh, provided higher uh, professional satisfaction. So with the concept of beginning with the end in mind, I think we have our listeners uh, uh, properly uh, motivated then <laughs> to find out uh, what these four strategies and tips are. Would you mind taking it from here? Let's do it. So, um, so you know, the fundamental concept is uh, I want us to work on the patients that we already have in our practice. These are patients that already trust you that love you, that want to come see you. And what we're doing is we're just either referring out too much or we're simply not offering them enough or we're not diagnosing enough. So uh, the four areas that I want to talk about, Gary, are uh, just to list them off are dental implants, orthodontics, sleep apnea, and medical billing. All right, let's start with dental implants. Okay. So let's take a look at the numbers. To me, because everything is driven by the numbers because uh, here's what people are going to tell me is, I already hear what they're saying. Well, I don't know how to do implants. Uh, how do you do this without my patients don't want implants? Uh, you know, how do I, I don't want to have to market for more patients that need implants. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you the numbers, okay? And here, here's what we do know from statistics is we place in the United States about 61 implants per every 10,000 patients. So mm-hmm. if the average practice in this country has about 2,500 patients, that means they have 12 implant cases already in their practice. And, and this, this is just raw data. Yes. These are numbers directly from, you know, the implant companies. I mean, they know, I mean, and, right. and this is how they, you know, promote themselves to wall street is based on the numbers. And, and what I find amazing about that fact is if you go to most European countries, that number is almost double to triple. It's not 61 per 10,000, but more like 140 to 180 right. per 10,000. And it's not because dentistry is socialized there, and it's not because dentistry is cheaper there. I, I will tell you that I, I believe the reason that they have a higher penetration rate in Europe, at, through, quite frankly, throughout the rest of the world, is because implant dentistry is a general dentist-driven procedures everywhere in the world outside of North America. Right, right. 
So again, I want to emphasize these numbers uh, for those of you that are thinking, well, I just don't have, I don't have implant cases in my practice. No, 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 no. Just according to the raw data, uh, assuming that the average uh, practice has a patient base of about 2,500 uh, patients, uh, there's 12 implant cases right there. Continue with the math on this. Continue with the numbers on that. So now let's let's look at this. I always, uh, you know, when I talk to uh, when I talk to a lot of dentists or even with myself is I always compare everything to the crown procedure. Uh, so um, I, I think that should be our baseline moving forward for our conversation today is what is the productivity of a crown? Because we all believe that a crown is unbelievably productive. So here's what I know. Uh, the average dentist uh, takes about an hour and a half of chair time to do a crown. Let's say that average fee is $900 on, on a PPO plan. Sure. Uh, that gives you an hourly of about $600. Okay. So yep. we're going to use our baseline at $600. Uh, and Gary, I don't have a calculator in front of me, but if you happen to have one, if we took a dentist working uh, 180 days a year and they were doing eight hours a day, uh, that that's uh, at at six hundred dollars. You know what what would their max end be? In other words, if that patient, if that dentist only did crowns, uh, you know their top end would be X. Right. And 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 what I'll tell you is that's not going to reach people to where they want to get to. No. No, I don't even need to pull the calculator out for that one. I'm going to tell them that uh, they are just going to reach a point, a glass ceiling, that isn't going to get them to where they want to go. Yeah, it's not. No, especially when you look at the overhead associated with that. And we so didn't now, even get into that. Yeah, no, exactly. And so now let's look at uh, uh, the implant procedure. So the average implant uh, in most offices takes about two hours of total chair time yep. from start to finish. That includes placement. Uh, follow up, uh, impression, delivery, the whole deal. It should be about two hundred dollars. Uh, sorry, two uh, two hours. Right. And the average procedure fee for that implant from start to finish uh, is about thirty five hundred dollars. About the you know same cost of a three unit bridge or so. So that gives us an hourly production of seventeen fifty. So that's one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, almost three times that of our single crown. Right. And again, if we go back to your math of of saying there's. Uh, uh, you know, a dozen of these cases in, in the practice, just statistically, at least, at least. you know, they're, they're at, at 3,500. And then we're just talking single tooth implants here. We're not talking right. about anything exotic. No, um, no, absolutely. We're talking 80 to 90% of the cases in this country are single tooth implants. Right. There's $42,000 in annual production. And, and that was just 12 times 3,500 yep. without seeing any additional new patients. No, not, none whatsoever. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's $42,000 right there. In fact, it's funny. I got an email, a uh, text message from a, uh, a colleague of mine who was considering uh, looking at cone beam technology. And, and he says, how do you make this decision? I said, do me a favor. I go go to your practice management software and run a report on how many implants you referred out last year. And the number was 65. <laughs> and I said, I said, you'll do half of those yourself. I'm not even saying 100%. Right. I'm saying you'll just do half of those yourself. Yeah, there's 30, there's 32, 33 cases right there. Right there. You know, so, uh, you know, uh, so, so to me, the cost of getting training is well worth it. I'm not talking about doing fancy cases. I'm not talking about doing bone grafting cases. I'm just talking about your patient that are, you know, taking out teeth and trying to put a tooth in right away, trying to put an implant in right away, or your patient that's been missing a tooth for a while and has enough they have an adequate ridge to go ahead and place the implant. So you really, and, and pardon my 
lay terms here, but you're really talking about just cherry picking some easy cases. At, at the end of the day, absolutely, because I'm not trying to make, you know, I think one of the other fundamental philosophies I have, and, and this is why I take, uh, I take, um, I don't know the right word. I, I have a problem with, um, unfortunately, many of our speakers out there is, or, or training programs is they want to make you a specialist in that procedure. They want to transform your practice into an implant practice or a sleep practice or, or whatever it may You're be. You're going to be an implantologist. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, that's not how I look at it. I look at it as, is I want to be a general dentist with a general practice and I want to have these procedures to add to my patient base. So I'm, I'm not trying to say that you should be doing every implant that walks in. I've never had that message. My message has always been you should be able to do about 50 to 50% to two-thirds of the implants that come through your office. You should be able to cherry-pick them uh, and just do the ones that you're comfortable with that don't present any major anatomical challenges. Now, may, may I be a devil's advocate for just a minute? I, I would love that. Okay, so I'm listening to this. I'll just role-play as, as a listener. Tarun, I'm listening to this. Uh, you had me at hello when it came to the numbers here and understanding this, but, um, Hey, I, I just, I haven't placed any implants and I don't have any training on it. What should I do? Well, I, I, I would say that the first thing you should do is, is run, run the numbers and make sure that you have the patients there. Okay. And, okay. and you do. Okay. And, and here, here's, I'll, I'll prove it again to you with another analogy example of numbers here. Uh, I would say to you, how many patients do you see with a single missing tooth, not a wisdom tooth, in your practice? And the number is probably, let's say, a third of your patients are missing at least one tooth. Can I, can I share the number actually statistically yeah, with you? I would love to know. So I spoke this year at, at Amos, the American Association of Oral Maxillofacial Facial Surgeons, so I had to do some research on this. Tarun, do you know that here in the United States that 67% of Americans age 35 and older are missing at least one tooth, not including their wisdom teeth. 65%. Wow. 67%. <laughs> so let, let's, let's just say the number is one third. Okay. Okay. So you took my number and halved it. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I took the, because again, I want to be conservative. Sure, I like that. So, so if I'm seeing 2,500 patients a year and one third of them, 800 of them have, uh, have, have, uh, um, 800 of the numbers outrageous. Well, by the way, the real number is, is 1600, but I'll take Tarun's math. 800 of them. I live in a affluent area where nobody's missing. Teeth. Right. 800 of them are missing a tooth. That's 800 opportunities you have to place an implant on somebody. So let me say there's 800 opportunities for a patient to say yes to an implant. Yeah. If you got 2% case acceptance, you do 16. Yeah. 2%. Where would you direct our listeners to go for some training if yeah. if they're if if they're sitting here just nodding their head, you know, saying yes, 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 yes? Where would you direct them to go to get some training on this? Absolutely. Well, I, I think the, in my opinion, the best training, uh, the best and most practical training for uh, traditional implant placement is with my friend Dr. Rune Garg, G A R G. Uh, his website is implantseminars.com. Uh, he has didactic lecture courses, and then he has a wonderful uh, live patient training program in the Dominican Republic, where you'll go get to work on uh, unbelievable uh, live patients and do do the treatment on live patients. Uh, uh, and then I would say for those of you that are going to be technology oriented and want to really utilize your technology uh, from a workflow perspective, then you can certainly come see us in North Carolina 
uh, as our training is focused on utilizing technology. Now, I want to go back for a second on that note, Gary. I said the average practice takes about two hours uh, per implant, chair time. Mm-hmm. In our practice, it's uh, just at an hour. Wow. You know, so, I want to take a minute and uh, sing your praises for the work that you're doing in your workshops. Uh, Turin, you're, you're doing some amazing work uh, in, your, in your workshops to take some real practical information, take home. Uh, your class sizes are small by design. Uh, you want to provide lots of uh, uh, hands-on, lots of one-on-one instruction, and you guys are doing some great work. Uh, thank you, Gary. You know, we really have worked hard, and, and I'm committed to keeping everything small, about about 10 to 12 dentists per class, so I can spend one-on-one time with everybody. Uh, it, it's worked out really nice. It, it's been a wonderful uh, endeavor for me, and it's been very, um, it's very, been very good for me uh, to be able to help other people. Uh, share your uh, website for your courses. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, 3d-dentists.com. Perfect. I'm going to put that in the show notes um, so that our listeners can get to that. But uh, by all means, go visit 3d-dentists, plural, correct? Dentists? That, that's correct. Uh, .com. Uh, okay, we talked about implants. Uh, let's go to the second strategy, which is uh, ortho, in particular adult ortho. Talk about that. Yes. So I, I do want to make a clarification on, on orthodontics. Uh, I uh, we, do, we don't do adolescent orthodontics in our practice, uh, and quite frankly, I, I, I don't think 90% of the general dentists should be doing adolescent orthodontics. I think uh, you should leave that to your specialist and let them do it, let them deal with <laughs> all of that, you know, different color bands. Again, we're talking about, like we're that. talking cherry picking here. Yeah, you And know, I'm, I mean, I'm using that term in a, in oh, a positive absolutely. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I'm just saying, take your average orthodontic patient that's now 20 years later that didn't wear their retainer and they have some crooked teeth. Wait a minute. Do you think there might be any people like that? No, no. Everybody wears their retainer, (laughs) Gary. Are you kidding me? (laughs) The only reason I know this is that uh, uh, we're a big advocate of adult ortho in in our practice and uh, nearly every case we treat uh, with either Invisalign or six month smiles uh, is a a case of, uh, you know, 20 years ago, they had braces. They stopped wearing their retainer. And guess what happened? The teeth moved. And now they're adults. And uh, now they're ready to, uh, to get it to, to, to straighten their teeth. And they're ready for it. And they're perfect candidates for it. You know, and, um, you know, and I think that's driven by hygiene. When your hygienist is, is scraping your patients to death, it's usually around crooked teeth where they have nooks and crannies that are attracting plaque and maintaining plaque. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've trained our hygienist to say, Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones, I apologize that I'm having to beat you up in this area. Uh, but one of the reasons we're having to beat you up is we do have some crooked teeth here. Uh, so one of the things that could help your hygiene is if we looked at straightening these teeth out. And the patient uh, is uh, is certainly interested in the aesthetics, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and wh- why I say that is because what I found in our practice is that our hygienists were reluctant to bring up things about aesthetics necessarily like do you want to straighten your teeth mm. and so I, I think what appeals to hygienists is well do you do you want to help them have healthier teeth like healthier right. healthier gums and and they say oh of course and i say well you know crooked teeth are part of the problems of unhealthy gums <laughs> so that gets our, that gets your team on board uh to to help make that happen and, and there are three types of orthodontics we use uh, we use clear liners we happen to use invisalign mm-hmm. in our practice we use straight wire orthodontics using the six month smiles or the power proc six month braces mm-hmm. technique and and then we use a removal appliance product called the inman aligner ah, cool. uh, 
and and it's worked out. It's actually worked out very nice for us. Uh, and so now we have three different price points for our patients. Uh, in our practice, the Inman aligner is about a fifteen hundred dollar patient fee okay. procedure per art for a single arch, and it's designed to straighten out the front four to six teeth. Uh, then we use our straight wire orthodontics, and in our practice, we're charging uh, between thirty-five hundred and four thousand dollars for that. Okay. Uh, and then we have the Invisalign product, uh, uh, which we're charging in the five thousand to six thousand dollar price point for to a patient for that. So, quick math: um, let's assume that the average adult orthodontic case uh, results in about four thousand dollars in production in the practice. Can I use that as a round number? Yeah, I think that's a, a good conservative number. And by the way, that represents uh, a very attractive price point for patients. Yes, um, it does. You know, especially compared to, you know, full-scale orthodontics, uh, which is going to, depending on where you are in the country, that's going to be uh, between six and 6500 Has yeah. that been your experience there? Yeah, exactly. And, and we, we, we purposely try to keep our orthodontic fee very reasonable, uh, you know, just to make myself feel better because I have a hard time telling my patients to see me if I'm charging as much, if not more than my orthodontist. Right. So I always tell them, you know, listen, I'm a little bit less expensive. So let's be conservative again. What might a listener be able to, uh, uh, to experience in their practice by incorporating some adult orthodontic treatment? I'm just asking them to do one case. One case a month. A month. That's it. So at the end of the year, at the end of the year, we've done 12 cases. If I'm doing my math, there's another $48,000 in annual production. That's correct. And, and what we have to look at is the average orthodontic case uh, in most offices. Again, when we're talking adult ortho, we're not talking 24-month treatment. We're talking, uh, in the case of the six-month smile, six-month braces, we're talking six months. In the case of the Inman aligner, we're talking two to three months. Mm-hmm. In the case of the average Invisalign case, we're looking in the nine to 11-month ballpark. Okay. So, so let's take, uh, again, chair time on the average ortho case. You've got a lot of experience in this. I'm sure you've done the research on this. What are we looking at on, on chair side time there? So not in my practice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use – I always say I'm going to use the baseline level. That's our, our listener who is – dabbling or getting started in this, okay. I'm going to say it's about three hours of chair time for the average case. Okay. And again, if my math is true, if we're yielding about $4,000 in production, that results in uh, an hourly production of uh, 1333 Yep. Uh, again, uh, more than double that of your crown. Okay. Not quite where we were with implants. No. Nope. At seventeen fifty, but pretty darn attractive. <laughs> 1333. Yes. And, and, but here's, here's what I'll say about that. Uh, is I will say that this will be a even more auxiliary driven procedure than implant dentistry will be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so what, what, what we'll find is, uh, as you get better at this, as you take yourself and your team to the training courses for this, uh, you'll find that that three hours is really more about an hour, hour and a half of your actual chair time. And then like in our office, we're at a point now where we have uh, one day, one morning, every other week, uh, that's our ortho morning. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Very and see, cool. now I now I know why everybody loves being an orthodontist. Because <laughs> I just kind of say hello, chit-chat with patients, and my uh, my wonderful assistant does most of the heavy lifting for me. But, but the, here's the Wait a minute, you, you, just let, you just let out the dirty secret. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a secret, but here's the beauty in that, okay, is that gives me that morning to focus on my practice business. Love it. I love it. 
Okay, we hit two of the four. So, so far we've talked about dental implants, talked mm-hmm. about adult orthodontics. Uh, let's talk about sleep apnea. Now, this one, I, I, I got to be honest with you, Gary. I am being ultra, ultra conservative on this one. Okay. And I, I will tell you that uh, of all the things you can do in your practice or add to your practice in 2016, uh, I will tell you that sleep apnea is probably the most important thing to add, not because it's the biggest production producer, but simply because it is truly, truly, truly helping your patient's life. Let's talk about the incident uh, because you have research and data on this. What is the incident statistically of uh, the opportunity in sleep apnea? So what, what what the medical community will tell you is that approximately one in 15 adults have sleep apnea. One in 15. So I, what I say that, what I, how I translate that is uh, I simply ask our listener, how many adult patients do you see every day between you and hygiene? Right. And that number has to be 15 or more, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we'll just Well, I mean, our, our numbers are, I, I wouldn't use my office as an example. No. Uh, but let, let's no, I wouldn't use my office as right. an example. I'm four or five years into this journey. I, I want to use purposely conservative numbers in this scenario. Mm-hmm. So if you have 15 patients walking through, adult patients walking through your office every day, the numbers don't lie. And don't tell me, well, I live in the South. And <laughs> I live in the, I'm like, if you live in the South, it's even worse. <laughs> right. because we're, all, we're all fat down here. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, I say that you have one sleep apnea patient walking through your practice every single day. And again, that's using the national statistic of one in 15. Um, one in 15 one in adults. 15. Uh, uh, so, by the way, means- I did a quick, uh, you know, I'm, I have, I have remote access to my, uh, uh, to my computer. And today was a solo doctor day for us in our practice with three hygienists, uh, collectively Paul and the hygienist saw 45 patients today. So you had three patients. <laughs> there were three today. Statistically, you had three patients that needed sleep apnea treatment today. Now, some of them may be on CPAPs and don't need to come off this CPAP. Sure. But what I'll tell you is half those patients on CPAPs aren't using their CPAPs. Right, right, right. And, and, and here's what I found, not to get on a tangent too much, but uh, well, here's what I found on that is that if we added a simple two questions to our medical history, uh, one would be, do you have a CPAP? And two would be, have you had a sleep study before? You'd be ultimately shocked at how many of your patients have had a sleep study or have had a CPAP or don't wear the CPAP or do wear a CPAP. So there, if there, if you're listening to this, there's two takeaways right there. There's two questions that need to be asked uh, as part of your new patient uh, questionnaire. Um, and, and again, the two questions are, uh, do you have a CPAP? Uh, and have you participated in a sleep, uh, a sleep study? Yes. And you'll be amazed at how many patients will simply ask you about that and we'll answer yes to either one of those questions. Now walk through the economics uh, okay, as so we've done with we're the gonna, others. We're going we're to agree that there's one patient every day that could have sleep apnea. Okay. Okay, so that means the average dentist works 200 days a year. So that means there's 200 potential patients in your practice. Now if I could just get you to get a whopping 10% case acceptance, 10% only, that means you would do 20 appliances. That, that, the, that, that, that 10% is painfully conservative. That yeah, would mean, that would mean they, they didn't listen to one word Ashley Ladder has taught them. 
right. <laughs> about communicating with their patients, I, right? I just want to show them how easy, I mean, how, how realistic and how possible it is. Yeah, I know. Get this done. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious so here I'm, just to make absolutely. a point. <laughs> so that's 20 appliances that you would do in your practice next year in 2016. And, and, and a conservative average fee for sleep apnea appliances around $2,000. Right. Right. And again, if we break that down, uh, chair time about an hour and a half, is that about right? That's, oh my God. I mean, again, once you get good at this and once you right. kind of dial this in, it's an auxiliary driven procedure. Uh, vast majority of it is. Uh, I would say in our office, I have about 30 to 45 minutes of my personal chair time in this, but we're going to call it, uh, for our baseline level, we're going to call it an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives us uh, $1,500 in our hourly production right there. Again, nearly three times that of your single unit crown. Wow. And again, uh, that's going to add about uh, another $40,000 in annual production using that painfully conservative math. And, and let's emphasize, talk a little bit about um, the life-changing aspect of this kind of dentistry. Well, I can, I can tell you from personal, my personal perspective is uh, uh, when my wife was going through a medical residency, she made me uh, uh, go through a sleep test uh, and I was found to have obstructive sleep apnea. Uh, they put me on a CPAP machine. It was some of the best sleep I ever got. But about six months in, I stopped wearing my sleep app machine because it started smelling. I wasn't cleaning it enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go to the bathroom in the middle of the night to get to put it on. And then one day, one of my kids looked at me and said, uh, Luke, I am your father. Because I sounded like Darth Vader. So, uh, you know, it wasn't all that sexy. So I stopped wearing it. Yeah. And I don't advocate anybody to stop wearing the CPAP. They need to be wearing the CPAP. Uh, So what what I found from that was I started getting tired, irritable. And then slowly my wife moved out of my room from me because Mm -hmm. I was snoring so unbelievably loud uh, that she just couldn't handle it anymore. So I, I made myself an oral appliance about eight years ago, I think it was. Uh, and while it's not as good as my CPAP, I'm certainly not going to say it is, uh, based on my severity of sleep apnea, mm-hmm. of, of obstructive sleep apnea, it has brought her back into the room and allows us, allows me to sleep better and, and get a more restful sleep and, and breathe much better at nighttime. There you go. So it, it, it is unbelievably life-changing. Um, uh, it is an unbelievably important, important, important uh, thing that we in dentistry uh, should be a uh, first line of defense for our yeah. patients on that. Perhaps life-saving. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and here's what I'll tell you, just a small plug. I think um, uh, we have an unbelievable workshop on sleep apnea this year. Uh, I've teamed with Erin Elliott uh, mm. out of Boise, Idaho. Uh, mm-hmm. She is unbelievably fantastic. Uh, and we are trying to produce a course that, again, is driven to the average general dentist, and it's, it's, it's not all about the science. It's more about the implementation, how to make it work, how to get your patients in through hygiene, how to make this an efficient and profitable procedure, and how to get paid for it. I mean, it, it's, it's really going to be a great workshop. So, again, if you're listening to this, be sure to opt in to, uh, uh, to Tarun's uh, uh, newsletter. And, again, text uh, the word THRIVING to 44222, and you'll be informed of those courses when they're, uh, when they're announced. Uh, Trin, let's talk about the fourth area, which uh, is is tremendously intriguing to all of our listeners, uh, medical billing. Yes. So medical billing, I think, is the one thing uh, that really goes unbelievably hand in hand with sleep apnea. Uh, but b- before I get into that, 
I want to I want to uh, break it down on a more simpler level. Now, many of our listeners have probably heard about medical billing, or they've tried it, or they have a friend who's tried it, and they'll tell you it doesn't work. And they've got. And, and if if I can be critical for just a minute, many are trying to get too exotic with this. Yeah, and that's that's my exact point. They've tried it on the wrong things, you know. And listen, medical does work on trauma. It does work on it. it kind of does work on implant cases, bone grafting sure. cases, all the fancy stuff. Uh, it does kind. Of, it does work on those things, but the process that it takes to get there uh, is a little bit more convoluted. It's a little bit more time consuming. It requires more expertise than most people have taken training for. Right. Okay. So what I say is let's let's just simplify it. I want to give you examples, and I want you to focus on the things that you're doing for free already, or the things that you're essentially giving away within your practice. So I'll give you a real life example. Uh, so, uh, so I'll ask you, Gary, uh, what uh, does your average uh, insurance company or your patient pay for a comprehensive exam? I, what is that, 0050 or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, i got, I got to think about that for just a minute, 0050, um, 0150. 150, yeah. Yeah. Probably 50, 60 bucks? Yeah, I was going to say 70, but I might be a little bit high on that. So let's uh, it, scale my, it down. Let's, let's, let, let's say 60. Okay, let's, uh, so my average PPO pays about 50 to $60. Let's call yeah. it that. Okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what I'll tell you. Uh, medical insurance uh, will pay for exams. Now, most dentists say, well, I'm not a, a medical doctor. That's great. But you are doing a head and neck exam. You are doing oral cancer screening. You are doing a, all those things. You're taking blood pressure on your patients. You're doing a review of systems. You're doing a health history. You are spending time or those directly supervised by you are spending time with your patients. Though all those things constitute a medical exam. Okay. Right. So in, in, in the state of North Carolina, I'm getting paid on average $181 for a new patient examination. Mm, very cool. $181, triple what you're getting paid. Very cool. I'm liking this. Okay. So, and then things like when you take a tooth out and do socket preservation, those types of bone grafts can be payable procedures. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take a cone beam x-ray and, and for years, and I still advocate this to this day, for years I advocated just, just take those at no charge. Uh, in the state of North Carolina, we're averaging about $370 for reimbursement for a cone beam x-ray when we get paid for it. When we go through the economics on this, can you break it down into the two different realms? Say, say one practice that doesn't have a CBCT and yeah. another one that does. Okay. So I would conservatively estimate that a practice without a cone beam could, should be averaging about $2,000 a month in medical billing. Okay. And again, and we're talking, we're talking primarily exams, uh, simple. Panorexes, simple, mm-hmm. simple. You know, things like single x-rays that you take on your root canals. Right. Now, how many of us, when we do a root canal, we take x-rays and that's just part of the procedure. Right. So those things are billable and potentially payable through medical insurance. So I'm talking about, and I'm not talking exotic things. I'm just talking your exams, your simple imaging, and maybe the, you know, socket preservation, simple things Mm -hmm. that we do on a day in, day out basis. Right. Okay. So that should yield you easily about $2,000 a month. Now, what about the practice that has a CBCT? Now, when you get into your 3D side, now obviously we're taking cone beams, and most of those practices are doing some more surgical procedures. Five, six, you know, let's use five thousand dollars a month. You know, in our office, we're averaging between eight and ten thousand dollars 
right now mm-hmm. uh, uh, every month on that. But again, we want to be conservative as we've been with yeah. every one of the areas. Yeah, so $5,000 a month is a conservative, very achievable number uh, with some dedication to the process. And that uh, really represents just found money. For the most part, I, I would say 90% of it's found money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Let's put it all together. So we've talked about four different things. We've talked about dental implants, we've talked about adult orthodontics, sleep apnea, and, and medical billing. Kind of put a ribbon around this for our listeners in terms of what those four different uh, areas can yield for them and, and why this represents a brilliant growth strategy for 2016. So uh, number one, it represents a brilliant growth strategy because we need to grow. Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> so, so if we if we do the math, uh, and then I do want to make one other point. Okay, if we do the math, that's forty two thousand in the implants, uh, forty eight thousand in orthodontics. So we're we're at, uh, at ninety thousand right there. Right. Uh, we did forty thousand in sleep apnea, so we had one hundred thirty thousand, and a non CBCT uh, is twenty four thousand. So that's 154000 or the CBCT office is about 5000 per month uh, with medical billing. We're at $190,000. Uh, and, and again, that's without, adding a, without having to add a single new patient with these patients that are already in your practice on procedures that you're already doing. So using round numbers, I'm going to round that. So what Tarun has presented in this interview is a way to grow your practice in 2016 to the tune of 150 to $200,000 a year without seeing new patients. <laughs> this is just without with your existing new patients. patients. Yep, exactly. And by the way, as he broke down the hourly uh, production for those procedures, all significantly more than what you often think of as your most productive procedure, which is the crown. All well, these were, were more productive than that. Unfortunately, for 90% of our patient, uh, practices, that the crown is the most productive procedure. Yeah. And you've just uh, debunked that. Uh, yeah. And, and see, to me, the, I, again, the biggest thing is, is this is allowing us to move our practice towards a business. Uh, you know, m- most, I, I think most of us uh, should be or working towards getting associate partners in our practice. And um, what that does is, number one, it, it grows our practice. It allows me... So it allows me to keep be open five days a week. It allows me to, most of us that are afraid of associates, well, you know, I'm barely doing enough dentistry myself. Where am I going to get more dentistry for my associate? Mm-hmm. Okay. And here I'm giving you essentially, you know, four ways of doing that to the tune of 150 to $200,000. Now that doesn't get you busy enough for the associate, but that gets you a part-time associate. Right. That gets you a Thursday and Friday associate so that you can be open five days a week. You know, so I think those are the big keys as we move forward. And what you'll find and what we have found is that these numbers are unbelievably conservative. They build on each other. And these patients refer other patients like themselves. And just to give you an idea, in the month of December, we did 12 sleep appliances. (laughs) 12. You know, so. Wow. It's, you know, I, you know, and I think what I told, when I, what I told my hygienist is I said, you know, if you can sell one sleep appliance a day, I'll cut your schedule in half. There you go. No, I'll just cut your schedule. I'll give you two hours per patient. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. You can work an hour, take an hour off. You can be like an ER doc, week on, week off. Well, <laughs> and again, back to the sleep, sleep apnea and these appliances for just a minute. In the model that, that Tarun was, was uh, sharing with you, that only assumed 20 cases a year. Yes. And and you just did 12. Uh, you, you just did 60% of your year in the month of December. 
That's correct. And and again, you know, I, and I got to I got to point out in, in all fairness, uh, a lot of that number in December has to do with medical billing. Sure. Because sleep apnea is one of the more easier procedures to get paid through medical billing when you follow their process and, and their strings that they put to that. And what I what we find is in the, towards the end of the year, October, November, December, the vast majority of our patients have met their deductibles and met their out-of-pocket expenses. And a lot of these, a lot of these sleep appliances are little to no out-of-pocket expense for our patients. So that's why it's so important to have medical billing as part of the overall process that you have for your patients. It's, it's, it's to be able to help them afford some of these things. The other benefit of medical insurance is how many times do we see patients for exams and then they run out of benefits for exams? I think most insurances allow two exams per year. Right. If you see your patients for two exams, for two periodics a year, then that third one, oh, don't worry, write it off. Or when the patient comes in for a quick limited exam, at least in our practice, a lot of times we're like, ah, it's okay, it's no big deal, we won't charge you for it. Right. You know, and, med- and medical doesn't provide that limitation in the number of exams that you can provide for your patients. So there, there are unbelievable potentials if we just focus on our existing patient base, our existing practice, to grow our practice, to slow down and grow our practices, and to be able to bring in partner associates so that we, we can grow our, grow our business. In the long run, the benefit of growing our business is I have something of more value to sell at the end, something that can produce what I call passive you know, semi-passive income. Right. So, you know, here I am on vacation talking to you right now, and our practice was open today and, and working today. Right. And, right. and, and uh, you know, and so, and that's really the sweet spot, you know, in my mind is, is not that I want to make more because I'm not necessarily making more, but I'm working less. Right. And doing more of the procedures I enjoy uh, and at the same time, keeping my practice open and keeping my associate partner busier. You know, Trim, we talked a little bit about uh, the workshops that you do at uh, uh, 3D Dennis. Uh, uh, share a little bit more with our listeners because I think you've you've uh, uh, sparked some interest in having them come out and join you. But you're doing some cool workshops next year. Uh, some of them will be very topical and uh, others will be kind of covering these things kind of an overview. But uh, I'd love for our listeners to come join you at a 3D Dennis workshop. Yeah, so essentially right now we're, we're training on uh, three or four different areas. Uh, so we have dedicated CEREC workshops for those that uh, want to be more efficient uh, with the, using the, utilizing the CEREC for more than just single crowns. Oh, and by the uh, way, you, you, if you're listening to this, we didn't talk at, at this in this, in this interview. Uh, we talked a little bit about in the previous one, but uh, you could not find a more knowledgeable person to help you with CEREC <laughs> training than, than Tarun. Uh, Tarun is, is the guy. <laughs> well, I'm one of the guys. I, I always like to say that. Sure. So, you know, um, you know, how to do beyond, again, everything, uh, everything, our fundamental philosophy is going beyond the basics, okay? Uh, you know, for most of us, uh, CEREC is a single tooth procedure, and uh, our, our workshop is three days long, uh, and it's immersively hands-on, and it's about doing bridges with your CEREC machine, about doing in, uh, 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 Invisalign impressions with your CEREC machine, about making your implant restorations with CEREC machine, about doing anterior single anterior restorations with your CEREC machine, really expanding the use uh, of your technology that you already own. Uh, we have a focus on our implant workshop is focused on those practices that have uh, cone beam and CEREC technology to where we can take that average procedure of two hours and cut it down to an hour. 
and, and take that and have complete control where we can fabricate our surgical guide in the office, we can place our implant, and we can make our final restoration uh, directly in the office. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. And then, uh, and then the other two areas uh, is medical billing. We have a wonderful workshop with uh, Hutan Shahidi on medical billing, uh, and we provide a two-day hands-on workshop there. And, and the beauty of that is, is I mean, that workshop is essentially free because we let you, we, we encourage you and, and almost demand you to bring in five cases with medical insurance cards and we'll file your first five claims at the workshop. So that way that'll essentially reimburse you for the workshop cost. And, and we want you to come with the dentist and, and team member for that one. Wonderful. And then, uh, and then our new classes, our uh, sleep apnea program with uh, Dr. Erin Elliott out of Boise, Idaho. And uh, she's unbelievably fantastic. Uh, and, and we're able to really focus on a common sense workflow. And that's the ultimate theme is, is common sense. It's about not just how to do it, but why to do it and how to get our patients enrolled in that type of treatment. Awesome. Well, again, the best way for you to stay connected with, uh, with Tarun is to uh, opt into his newsletter list, uh, text the word thriving, uh, T H R I V I N G to four, four, Two two two, and you will be on his email list. And I want to invite you and encourage you uh, to come on out and take a workshop with with him in 2016. Uh, Tarun is uh, a remarkable uh, dentist, doing some some uh, cool things. Uh, uh, and you can tell from this interview that uh, he is very committed to sharing what he's learned with his colleagues. You know, Tarun, I want to take a minute and thank you. You're on vacation. And oh, yet you, my pleasure. You carved out some time to to uh, uh, be with our listeners here. And uh, I wanted to time this so we could launch this at the, at the beginning of the year so we can help our listeners uh, develop a practice, a, a practical practice growth strategy for 2016. So, uh, Tarun, thanks. Hey, if any of our re- listeners want to reach out to you uh, by email, would you mind sharing your email address? Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's, uh, it's D- Dr. A, D-R-A at 3D-DentistsPlural.com. So Dr. A at 3D-DentistsPlural.com. The other way is you can get me on Facebook. Oh, you know what? I'll put your, uh, I'll put your Facebook, um, uh, connection on the, in the show notes. Uh, so they can just click on that and connect with you on Facebook. Uh, but man, thanks for, for all that you're doing, man. You're, you are uh, literally, uh, uh, kind of, uh, uh, paving the way for, uh, for, for Dennis to be successful in 2016 and beyond. Uh, you've, uh, 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 been able to, to trial some things in your own practice. You're, you're happy to share with, with, uh, w- with your attendees on what's worked and what hasn't worked. Uh, and, uh, you're sharing some real world information. Uh, Trun, I sure want to thank you for, for all that you're doing for our profession. Thank you, Gary. It's a real honor and pleasure to be on, and I hope I get invited back. <laughs> you you will, for sure. Hey, as a, as a thriving uh, dentist show listener, let, let me take a minute and say thanks to you. Uh, you know, my wish for you as we head into this new year is that 2016 be a year of great health, of happiness for you, and prosperity. And uh, I want to thank you for being part of The Thriving Dentist Show. There's uh, three ways you can support us. Uh, As you know, it's free. The the show is free, but you can support us. Uh, How you can support us is, number one, tell a colleague uh, about The Thriving Dentist Show. Uh, We we have listeners now in 142 countries, but uh, we'd always like to grow our listenership. Uh, So if you uh, know of someone uh, that could benefit from this information, tell them about it. You might have to explain to them what a podcast is, uh, but take a minute and explain it to 
them and show them how easy it is to listen to the Thriving Dentist Show. Second thing that you can do is you can uh, put a review on iTunes for us. Uh, the more reviews that we have, the easier it is. Our rankings go up in iTunes and it makes it easier for dentists to find us. Uh, the third thing that you can do is if you don't already subscribe, let me encourage you to subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe on Google Play. And if you subscribe, uh, that means every Wednesday when we upload a new show, it'll be automatically downloaded to your listening device and uh, it'll be all automatic. Uh, so in any case, uh, I'll look forward to connecting with you. Make 2016 your best year yet. And I'll look forward to connecting with you on the next Thriving Dinner Show. When you cry, be sure to dry your eyes. Because better days are sure to come. And when you smile, be sure to smile wide. And don't let them know that they have won. And when you walk, walk with pride Don't show the hurt inside Because the pain will soon be gone And when you dream, dream big As big as the ocean blue When you dream it might come Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years, I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists, driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.